Hey everyone, welcome to episode 227 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. All three of us are back this week, which is, you know, sometimes I don't think that that's a, a big accomplishment, but on the other hand, some weeks it's a pretty big deal because it doesn't always happen <laughs> and it just doesn't always come together like we would hope it would. Anyway, this week we started a new series called While We Wait, and it was on Abraham. And I had a ton of questions going back to when we filmed the sermon last week for the online service. Although if you were <laughs> you were asking me questions while we were while we were just finished filming it. <laughs> I know, and I wish I could remember what the question was, but it was something to do with that uh with the firstborn. And I don't remember what it was, but maybe it'll come to me before we before no, we finish you up. Were, you were, I can tell you what you were asking. Do you remember? You're you you're asking if Abraham had been satisfied with Hagar's son Ishmael, and had just said, "No, we're not, Sarah. We're not going to ever have any kids," and sort of banished Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> like, what does God? What does God do with that? Because you know, Abraham's just like, you know, I'm abstaining. I'm I'm banishing you from camp until this, as God has laid it out, this is never going to work, dear. So we're just going to move on. We're going to fix this, and then later, you know, we'll we'll get back together. But not 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 right now. So is this going to be another, you know, like Mary and Jesus, where we have the Holy Spirit and conceiving? I, I don't know. These were weird questions that were going through my mind, but. Uh, probably not the <laughs> most great. probably not the most profound question you're going to hear from me ever. So we'll just let that one go <laughs> and roll off. But you know, it was funny as the message really struck me then, and then it struck me again as I re-listened to it on Sabbath. And if you missed it, please don't go back. You can check it out. And maybe you were one of those lucky people who got tickets this past week because you know if you haven't been to in a while. Like in what, 27 weeks? Last week was the first time we have had in, in-person in attendance in like, what, 27 weeks, right? It's been a while. It's been a yeah. long time. Been a long time. Andy was there preaching the word. And did I see that John Monday was there doing some welcome and announcements and such? In, yeah, in house? yeah, yeah. He was yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I, Jeff, was there, Jeff was there early, helping the greeters all get ready to roll. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know Heather was at, uh, she was doing Stephen Ministries, and so I know she saw Jeff, and it sounded like there was a decent amount of people at the church, so that's a good sign. I like it. But this kind of message, I mean, while we wait, I don't know, this seems like one of those things that may be just a complete effort in futility, because patience and putting our own planning aside to what? Just wait. I mean, that seems like so much fun. It's so rewarding. It's so fulfilling that like, who doesn't want to do that? <laughs> and, but you know, sometimes it seems like if we do that, it's like, it's not like a, like a dereliction of duty somehow. Like we don't really take Jesus at his word that he's going to return. So we have to give it some real importance or how serious of a Christian or Jesus follower could we possibly be? But the waiting seems like it will never stop. And like really for the past 2,000 years plus, it hasn't. Why must the thing we most desire be just one more mystery of God somehow? Because we're not going to know, right? The Bible says <laughs> no one knows. Even the Son of God doesn't know, right? <laughs> right. Well, it, right. you mean the return? The, yeah, because it's what we're waiting for, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? Well, yeah, but the the uh, well, no. Jesus said, "No man knows the day and hour except the Father in heaven." Right. So Jesus doesn't know, here. right? So, well, he probably does now. He didn't know then, but I mean, <laughs> the the uh, you know, we we've we've made a big deal a lot of times within our denominational framework of talking about hastening the soon coming oh, yeah. of Christ. 
Uh, that's been a big language. But if God knows the day or the hour, and then we read in, I forget what book it's in, where it says God's purposes, no, no haste or delay. Anyway, it just seems interesting to me. Yeah, it does sort of feel like there's an aspect of of control taken away from us. We're supposed to wait, but then we're supposed to not do anything in a sense. And yet I don't think that's the story that you were saying with Abraham, which is an interesting piece because it's a confusing side to that when you think, well, God wants us to just believe and there's nothing we can do to hasten it. But then it looks like he's letting Abraham make all these decisions. And he does. I mean, Abraham leaves. He says he goes. He doesn't know where he's going, but obviously he's going and he's figuring it out. So there's this idea that that Abraham has some autonomy, I guess, in this whole thing. And where does autonomy stop and control start? So that's the part that, that I was kind of curious about uh, as you were speaking. And uh, because life goes on, even while yeah, we're but if, but if But if God says to you, Jeff, I want you to go to Los Angeles. Okay. Right, right. And that's all he but says he didn't to say you. say that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, okay, but I'm just, I'm, I'm pretending. Right. He hasn't said it yet, right, Jeff? So, but even, even, if, even, in, even if he, if he gave that specific of a direction, I want you to go to Los Angeles, you have right. a billion pieces of freedom Autonomous of choice. options to do, yeah. yeah. You make, are you going to take Greyhound? You're going to fly? You're going to take the train? You're going to drive? You're going to go, you're going to go by the Black Hills of North Dakota on the way? I mean, you know. Right, it's, right. It's, it's really, um, Boy, I'm I'm just a simple-minded guy, but I, I think that God is very interested in our moving out in obedience in the direction He heads us. Hmm. Right, and then there's all kinds of opportunities for relationships and engagement with life, and all kinds of arrangements on the journey. Right. But the reality is, is that God said to Moses, I mean Moses said to Abram. Leave your country, leave your family, your father's household, and go to the place that I will show you. And he heads out not knowing where he's going. But the fact that he heads out, right. I think, is right. is the paramount part of the story. No, no, I'm I'm in complete agreement with you. That's that's good. I, I just am saying, but I, <laughs> but I'm just saying that there's so much along the way that life just happens, and we got to live. And and what's cool about it is. Even in the midst of some of the big mistakes that Abraham made along the way, God never, you know, he doesn't say, okay, I'm done with you. Well, yeah, no, he, he, Abraham lies to Pharaoh and Abimelech yeah. in the story. About, yeah. Same lie, same lie twice, Both. and he gets yep. blessed for it. I know, I know. I mean, yeah, the, the, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, okay, they, now don't touch them. Nobody can harm these people as they're passing the country because Abraham lied to me about his wife. And therefore, leave them alone. I mean, it's like what? Yeah, you know. Yeah, and the other one gives yeah. them gifts. You know, it's like okay. That is. That's what I'm saying. There's there's a there's a lot of life that takes place, and God works with it. So. Well, it's well, hey, darn Israel. Okay. Yeah. No. It, you want to talk, Randy? No. Well, no. 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 I, <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. It, it was. You're in charge. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I found the same thing in thinking the same thing when. You were going through this message and what you and Jeff just talked about, the fact that he goes through and gets blessed on this 
And when I was growing up, it, this whole thing about waiting and what you mentioned in the actual paragraph that outlined the message this week, you said, from Abraham, we learn one thing not to do while we wait, and that is to adopt a do-it-yourself plan. And here's these problems that we were just talking about from his do-it-yourself plan. <laughs> and you said a form of that for us might be getting ready for Jesus to come, as if we could do that. What does that even mean? And for me, people used to say that all the time, getting ready for Jesus to come. You got to get ready, and Jesus is coming soon. I mean, these were spoken as often as saying hello or good morning, particularly at church. And the getting ready was always led with about behavior, sin, forgiveness. I mean, if you went to bed without asking for forgiveness, or if your last thoughts before falling asleep were impure, and Jesus came before you woke up, oops. Really bad theology. Yeah, but you weren't, pre- <laughs> yeah. we, we weren't prepared. You know, you just weren't prepared enough. And all those good things you managed to do in your life were all wasted. Like those meant anything in the first place, it, you know, when it comes to grace. When the wait seems infinite with no parameters, it just seems like this, like you were talking about earlier, Jeff, it just seems like there's so much autonomy. How do we keep perspective on, on what we should be focused on while we wait? It seems very difficult and it seems very easy then to look at Abraham and Sarah and go, well, yeah, I can I can totally see why they did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, one of the things that Andy mentioned in the last part of his sermon, he was saying – that the first piece is to first of all believe that God keeps his promises or that God's promises are real. Mm, yeah. And I think there's an added side to that. I think because, you know, there's been what it was like, I don't know, I can't even count the many generations since Christ, you know, transcended into heaven and he says to the disciples, I will come quickly, you know. And so many people have gone, you know, have died since then. And and yet I think that big, the biggest thing that Abraham had to deal with was even when he was talking about Eliezer uh, being the heir now. And I think he was so concerned about self-preservation mm. that, you know, he wanted to make sure that there was a lineage. That, and now he was it was going to end with, you know, with him. And and so I think that it's not just believe that God's promises are real. I think we have to believe that his promises are for us. In other words, they're personal. They're meant for me. Yeah. And I think when I start to realize that the promise is meant for me, then I can kind of relax and realize, oh, wait a minute. Uh, yes, even if I die, this promise is still for me. I don't have to worry about my life. So I think that's a, maybe a caveat to believing his promises are real. Hmm. I like but, that. That sounds good. Well, that's good, Jeff. Yeah. Like you know, I, <clears throat> Randy, it, you know, we, t- we talk about this whole being ready, getting ready for Jesus to come. <laughs> We're real big on to, in last day events. And, and, you know, I I was serious when I talked about how there'd be a sermon about the five foolish virgins and then Roy Pelham's Are you ready for <laughs> no, Jesus to come? No, I know. I know. Yeah. That was, cla- that was <laughs> so know, good. And, and I went home depressed and discouraged. <laughs> And I, I never liked that song. Yeah. Oh, me neither. I discovered a verse in First Peter chapter 4, verse 7 and following. The end of all things is near. Now, we're good at that part. The end of all things is near. Ah, what should we do? What should we do? Yeah. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers up over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. So, you know. Here's the end of all things in hand. So keep your mind clear so you can pray, love each other deeply, and have some friends over. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the focus is so easily just totally skewed and it, it's so easy to fall into that trap. And I, I really liked though, some of the things that you gave about some lessons we can learn from this while we're waiting. Cause like, if you don't know, we don't know. We just don't know how long waiting is. No, we don't. But you said one thing that we could do, our first lesson could be to step out in faith. And just, you know, mm-hmm. when, when God told Abraham to go, he just went, or Abram at that time. And he didn't really concern himself with where, he just he just did it. And then you said we can also choose to be stingy or we can choose to be generous while we wait. Or we can choose to bring justice while we wait. We can worship and we can support financially God's work, part of that generosity. And this is just really easy things. Well, maybe not easy for all of them at once, but you know, pick one and let's maybe try to get good at one of these, maybe or a couple of them, and just remind ourselves that you know there are good things that we can do, and it doesn't have to be all about the unknown. Let's take what we do know we can do and what we should do and what God would want us to do. And let's try some of those while we wait. Right. Yeah. Randy, if I could, if I could just kind of jump on that, I, I almost think that it's not really a choice. You know, in other words, I'm not sitting here. What should I do? I'm going to choose it. I almost (laughs) think it's when, when that promise is given, I think that that's part of the outgrowth of, of choosing to live in that promise. Yeah. You don't understand what I'm saying? No, for sure. Yeah. In other words, the choice no longer is, you know, what am I going to do it or not? The choice is that I get a chance to live in that, in that grace and that promise of knowing that it's already fulfilled. And now I get a chance to look beyond myself and realize that my lineage, my self-preservation is taken care of so I can be generous. I don't have to think about scarcity. I can be a person that is, you know, seeking justice for people. So that, that's, I think that's just, no, no, that's, I think you're, that's really important because, because it's really bad theology that causes us to to think, to be worried about, are we ready? Uh, it's, it's, yeah, we can, we yeah. can, we can wait with graciousness because it's guaranteed, you know, yeah. it's not like, it's not like you, you wait, but you're not sure it's actually going to work out. Okay. No, you're, you're waiting and you know, for sure it's already worked out. I mean, if, if you're waiting for the bank to open and you and you know there's already been a million dollar deposit in your account, you're not really worried about anything. Okay, it's just a, you're just waiting for the bank to open. Yeah, well, <laughs> I like that. But but that's a big bridge to cross for a lot of people that don't yeah. know that there is the million dollar deposit that we would call salvation and that the price has already been paid. And while we know that story and we've told that story that we've told the good news of the gospel. And we also think about how the Bible says, you know, he won't return until every eye is seen and every ear is heard. And you're thinking, well, I mean, we've been at this a long time. I mean, there's now with the spread of information being greater and faster than ever before, you know, it, the the signs and wonders and wars and rumors of war. I mean, all these things, and you keep thinking to yourself, "Well, it has to be. It has to be now, right?" And and yet, every generation seems to think that it was now's the time because whatever happened in their lifetime is the parameters that they see and what they gauge it by. But in in their lifetime, is it? Sure. I mean, yeah. The reality is, is that when when John the Baptist got beheaded, the second coming was then. Right. Yeah. You know, 
when James gets boiled in oil, you know, I mean, in a real, very real sense, I wasn't being just not sarcastic in the sermon. No, I really do think that part of that soonness is the reality that life goes by so fast. Yeah, and it is short. I was I, I was visiting with Mr. Wynn one day. He was ninety two. His daughter was seventy eight, sitting there talking to us. And I said, "How long ago was it, Mr. Wynn, that you know she sat in your lap as a little girl?" He he had twinkle in his eyes, like, "Oh, that was just yesterday." you know and that's and that's the truth i mean you think about your own memories just go back to your high school days we all have good high school or bad high school memories anyway we have have memories but you can go back there and you can relive a day there in your mind and like that's just yesterday no for sure um and so the reality is our lives are but a fleeting moment here and the temporality we get all wrapped up in the temporal we just invest so much in the temporal when God is so much interested in the eternal and he's got that sorted out for us. Yeah. I, I worry about, again, just from my, speaking for myself and for where I was for many years in between what I grew up with and the parts of it that I really liked and the parts that I believed in. And then there was a whole pile of baggage that I didn't believe in or thought if that really <laughs> was the truth, then forget it. I don't want it. I don't even yeah. want it. And so that was as much as anything. That was why I wasn't. Uh, I was away from God. I was away from you know traditional church and such like that. So it's those people that maybe know it and and a part of them. And I'm like, like how do we? <laughs> it, I don't worry about it myself so much as I used to. Maybe not. I don't. I can't tell you the last time before this message I thought about it. So I don't think that's something I really focus on. And yet maybe we're not focused enough on that. Others are still struggling with that. How can we help them with a word of encouragement or something that we can, is there something we can say? Is it something, a way we can live? What's our best tool to try to show and just invite to taste and see that God is good? I think part of it, Randy, is is our our intentionality of of living free. Hmm. Um, in other words, I, I think you've you've met people in your life that they just seem to have this. I'm okay. You're okay. The world's okay. It's all going to be all right. Sort of mindset, and really lived lived with that kind of freedom. And just it's like, yeah, this is all. Gonna, it's all going to be good. Sort you know, kind yeah. of thing. And not Pollyanna ish. Not, not no. I'm not talking about that. But, you know, I, I think I think if people can experience uh, and see people, Christians, living not burdened lives, but free lives, I think that can be pretty significant in helping, helping this uh, helping this story along. Yeah, I, I think the you know, we didn't and Andy didn't go there. But I think if you look at the very end of Abraham's life. You know, we get caught up in, you know, good grief. How did God do that? How could he ask Abraham to do that? But I think by that time, Abraham had this peace that he didn't have to worry about his lineage anymore. He had gone through that understanding that his his eternity. I love the fact that Andy said that God's much more concerned about the eternal side. His eternity was taken care of. The counting those stars, the aspect of knowing that that promise was going to be fulfilled, whether whatever he did wasn't going to stop it. 
so God, you know, so he went up that mountain Moriah with, with uh, Isaac, knowing full well that this is, you know, this is going to be God. If God's going to take care of this, I'm just going to do it. And I think that's how we have to live our life. And when people realize, you know what, I, my eternal salvation is taken care of. I can now move with freedom and ease through life with people without a scarcity mindset. So, yeah. Well, and I like it the when you think about it that way, honestly, I think maybe the, the biggest part is just to realize that, you know, the waiting is the waiting. We can't change it. We can't shorten it. Maybe we don't want to shorten it. We probably never feel like we want to lengthen it pretty doesn't much. It doesn't matter whether we want but, it or but not. But it doesn't, right. At yeah. the end, it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. what we want. But I think living that way, and I know during COVID, and I know a lot of people think I'm way too cavalier about things, but at the end of the day, I'm just like, you know what? I am not afraid. I may get it. I don't want it. I've been tested once because I needed to because I may have had it. And but yet at the end of the day, and Andy it really sparked that in my mind when you when you were talking about the way the disciples, you know, met their end and that was it for them. That is the second coming. And I really started thinking about life maybe in the last probably two, three years that way, where I'm totally at, at ease. And I mean, yeah, things stress me out. Life is hard sometimes and all that stuff. But I never stop and, and worry about, well, what happens if I do this or something happens to me tomorrow? Uh, you know, I don't I don't worry about those. And I try to, you know, people can think that you are being Pollyannish. Like you said, they're just like, oh, well, everything's great and everything's going to work out. But, you know, if you do come at it from that perspective, if you really, truly believe that, I think that is very engaging. And I think people do realize it because people have asked, like, why don't you – I'm like, I'm not saying you need to take unnecessary risk or, you know, some go be a daredevil, go jump off a building or something and hope your parachute works. I mean, that, that's all what it's all fine and good. But but at the same time, just to think that the everyday thing we go through, the waits. I mean, look at Abraham. You look at this story and the waiting was long, way longer until, you know, like even scientifically, this is this is not going to happen. Right. Because science says. I'm too old. She's too yeah, old. You're... This isn't going to happen. <laughs> and so lots of bad things happen on the way. But just to realize that, you know, God's got it. And I know that sounds so simple that it's just but but yet at the end of the day, if you don't believe that, I think we need to go back and reinvestigate why we don't believe that, because that's really the root of our problem is that we're just not putting that faith that he is going to take care of us no matter what this world or the weight brings to us. Yeah. Good. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, the, the, the our confidence is not in us. <laughs> Thank goodness, because they well, there's <laughs> there's not much, and, and to speaking for yours truly, but and then today, I just you know this this message took on a whole different meaning today. I know uh, Andy, I saw you at the funeral. We had a funeral at the church today, and uh, as part of the media team, we you know I was running the camera and. This you know young person passed way too soon, and you start thinking about that and just going, you know, yeah, the wait could be long, but you know, is it worth living in the wait in fear and mistrust and just in hand wringing and having a lesser quality of life because you know tomorrow might be it, this afternoon might be it, uh, tomorrow you know whatever next week might be it, the wait might not be as long as we think. So we need to do whatever we need to. We need to trust and we need to love and we need to do all those things as if tomorrow may never come because it might not. I, to me, that just made a made a, a huge impact on me this afternoon. So, yeah, 
Good point. Especially yeah. for a guy who rides a Harley. Well, you know, you know that's he, <laughs> I, when I walked into the when I walked in, I was like, "There is this beautiful Harley Davidson in the foyer of the church." I'm like, "How did in the lobby?" I'm like, "How did this happen?" And then I was like, oh, then I saw the picture and I'm like, well, maybe that was it. Maybe I felt a little kindred connection between that uh, and that. But, you know, don't take too long to worry about the weight because let's just do everything we need to while we have the opportunity to do so. All right. One of, this week, one of our whole life takeaways asked, how can you live in freedom of the promise? And that I think that I think we've already covered it. But if there's something we missed or something you found that is a way for you to live in a freedom that is exciting or is so abnormal from what most people see or the way most people live that don't have that reliance and that faith in God and you figured something out, would love to hear it. 407-965-1607. You can leave a voicemail or text or send an email, podcast at wholelife.church. And the final words this week were from Andy's message. He said, while we wait, let's believe God's promise. And let's not get enmeshed in any form of do-it-yourself promise fulfillment. That's a high bar, Andy. That is a high bar. (laughs) (laughs) He went on to say, let's just wait. Wait, believing God's promise. Wait, seeking to make the world the more just place. Wait, serving others and setting captives free. Wait, just let's wait and let God fulfill his promise. Ooh, let's not wait, but let's also not procrastinate in all the good things we can do in the process. I really enjoyed this message. I've it, it's this a culmination of everything since you know last Wednesday to this Wednesday. A lot has happened that has brought this sermon in uh, in greater detail in my mind, and I, I really appreciated it. Um, let's see. Well, I appreciate Rich, Richard Hickam's idea to have a series on waiting. So. Well, you Good know, idea. it's better to let Richard come up with sermon ideas than run a camera. So I think we can all agree on that. Okay, you, you, you know, you, you, you have new experiences, <laughs> I can tell. Richard, if you're listening, if you're listening, Richard, I'm just kidding. You did great on camera one, and we appreciate you. All right, uh, <laughs> while we wait for this upcoming week, what's next? Well, we all suffer. And so, oh, good, good. Huh? It's a <laughs> upbeat series here, but uh, you no, know, we all we all suffer, and and uh, we learn, what can we learn from Job about waiting? Ooh, mercy, he's going for the knockout in, good luck. in, in round two. <laughs> in round two, we go for the knockout punch. Oh my goodness! All right, well, I can't wait till we get to that. So that's going to do it for this week. As always, join us every Tuesday evening for Speaking of Grace next Wednesday morning for episode 228. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week, and don't worry about tomorrow. Just do what you need to do now. We'll see you all next week.